also it doesn't come without personally making mistakes and also personally being rejected, personally going through things that go horrifically wrong. Mm. I've had all of those things happen. And then it's how you pick yourself back up and try again. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. My guest today is a mother of two, a best-selling author and broadcasting legend. She has presented popular TV shows such as Top of the Pops, Children in Need Rocks and Celebrity Juice. Back in 2005, she joined BBC Radio One, where she was the host of The Live Lounge for an impressive 10 years. The Live Lounge mixed incredible live acoustic performances and celebrity interviews from some of the biggest music acts in the world. Today, she is the host of the hugely successful Happy Place podcast. As well as all of this, somehow she still manages to find the time to support a range of charities such as Comic Relief, The Princess Trust and Copperfield. I am so excited to be joined by this absolute superstar and possibly the coolest mum on the planet. Welcome to the show. Fern Cotton. Well, it's going to be a letdown now, isn't it? There's no way I'm going to be that person. I'm just I mean, a knackered mum today, but no, thank you anyway. That's actually a shorter version, honestly. <laughs> that could have gone on and on, but Fern, this is mega. I am so happy to oh, have you in the studio and on thanks. the Power Hour. Thank so. you so much for having me. I mean, where do I start? What an incredible career you have had so far. When you first got started presenting, you were just 15, right? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, so young. So can we rewind it back to the beginning? I would love to know how you first got started. God, I mean, I can just about remember um, because it was 22 years ago. So there's a lot of stuff to reel back through. But mm. the sort of beginning bit was mega exciting. And I kind of, all through my childhood, I knew I wanted to do some sort of performing. I didn't know if it was acting, if it was dancing, whatever. And I kind of danced from five until I was about 18. When I was working, I still kind of went to ballet and street dance, whatever. And that was my mega passion. And then I started to go to drama club at about the age of 12 and thought, oh, actually, I really like the feel of this. This is really awesome. And I started going to auditions for anything, whether it be an advert or a theatre production. I did a bunch of little theatre shows locally and you know, drum performances and mm. some questionable TV adverts. Um, and then went for this one audition for Disney Club and I thought mm. it was for an acting gig and it was for a presenting role. I didn't even know what that was, but I got the job and thought, I've made a terrible mistake here because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I've sort of learned over the last 22 years to to know what I'm doing, I guess. Um, so yeah, that was the the start of it all and I feel really lucky that I had that break after kind of a lot of work before it but I got that little break that's allowed me to move into all these interesting areas at a later point in life yeah amazing and I never knew that you danced I never knew yeah, that about you yeah yeah I, I was 
completely obsessed, sort of ballet first of all, from five until I was about 12, then carried on doing ballet, but then started doing tap and contemporary. Yep. I loved contemporary and um, street dancing, like literally any type of dancing I would go nearly every day of the week there was a local drama and dance club called Soul which is still going and um, run by these two brilliant people called Chris and Alex and they kind of invented this amazing local drama and dance club for us all in our local area just in the suburbs of northwest London and um, and I would just go at any given opportunity I'd do any class they had going on I'd spend all weekend there and I wanted to be like a dancer on top of the pops mm. or be in the west end or something like that yeah. and that was my absolute passion. Well, I'm the same. That's what I did too. So mm. me, my brother and sister, we did all of that. And yeah, I went into dancing in, in town in the West End and my brother did Wow, what well. shows did you do? I did We Will Rock You. Wow. And actually, a lot of the listeners of the show probably don't know that because, you know, you do things like way back when. And so it was probably, how many years? Nine years ago that wow. I was in We Will Rock You. So yeah, yeah. That's and so cool. So listening to you say that, I know what you mean. I did everything the same, ballet, tap, modern jazz. You just kind of did any of at it. the dance school. Yeah, yeah. and you just... You know, you would dream about dance and think about it when you weren't there and that's all you wanted to do. And I really miss it because I'm almost sort of too nervous to go to a dance class now in my late 30s. I'm like, oh my God, what if it's full of 18-year-olds who are amazing? I'm too nervous. And I, I wish I could get back into it you in should. some way because I really miss it. And I, you know, I dick around in the kitchen at home, spinning around <laughs> the kids are like, oh my God, stop, it's so embarrassing. But um, I miss it. I you loved definitely it so should. much. Right, okay. Leave it with me. Okay. Oh, no, I'm now nervous. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. But one thing that is so admirable and inspiring is your work ethic. Because nobody gets to be where you are today without being prepared to work incredibly hard. So where do you think that ambition and that work ethic comes from? Um, you're right. I think a lot of people just go, oh, lucky, just everything on a plate. And it's absolutely not the case with me anyway. I've had some very lucky moments like that first job. Absolutely um, brilliant luck that I was in the right place at the right time. And this wonderful woman called Maddie, who I'm still great friends with, who was working at um, Buena Vista and doing all the Disney Club shows at the time, saw something in me, God knows what, but she you know, saw that there was something to be moulded there. And I'm forever grateful. But post that, nothing is a given. Mm. And I am as freelance as they come. So there's yeah. no security in any of it. I have to create new challenges and, and new goals for myself constantly, which luckily I love. And I think naturally I'm very driven. Uh, my dad's the like, most hardworking person I've ever met. He's worked since he was 15 and he still works every day now. He's a sign writer and he's done the same thing the whole time. He absolutely loves it, but he works so hard. Um, and my mum's always been had a really kind of like um, vivacious drive about her and wanted to do lots and get lots done. So I think I kind of got the good bits of both of them in that way mm. and have been able to sort of channel all that sometimes quite intense energy that I have. It can be quite fidgety and edgy, but I can channel that into doing lots. And mm. um, I have my, you know, I find it hard to sleep because my brain's constantly conjuring up things that are either completely pointless or sometimes great. And then I have to kind of put the work in to make things happen. So I think I am lucky that I naturally have a drive and I don't ever think, 
oh man, I've got to write that podcast podcast episode and then I've got to go into a meeting. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get stuck into it all. The only challenging bit is juggling it with, with a family, but yeah, the rest sure. is a joy. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that actually. And I, yeah, I think it's really brilliant that you said that, you know, that often people do see people in, you know, wherever they are and think, oh, wow, lucky, good for her, you know. But actually, as you said, it doesn't come without hard work and it certainly doesn't last without hard work. No, and also it doesn't come without... Uh, personally making mistakes and also personally being rejected, personally going through things that go horrifically wrong. Mm. I've had all of those things happen. Um, And then it's how you pick yourself back up and try again. And Mm. I don't think any person out there who's doing what they do well or, or enjoying what they do, you know, there's no exception to that rule. Everyone has been through a process of um, feeling like they're not doing well enough or being rejected or told they're not good enough or being out of work. There's there's not many people that don't fit into that category. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so on that, I guess, would what would be your advice be to anyone listening to this show who may be at the start of their career, especially if they're trying to get into media because, as you know, it's the industry is notoriously tough? It is. And I think the main thing for any job, even if it's completely away from media or whatever it is, fitness, like what you do so brilliantly, um, it, it's about not focusing on the end goal. Because you think you've got an end goal, but you haven't really. I used to think I had an end goal. Like, I want to be this great TV presenter on brilliant primetime shows and for everyone to love it and blah, blah, blah. That's not my goal anymore. It might have been when I was 17, 18. Mm. Um, but I didn't end up there. You know, you have to constantly enjoy what you're doing. And even if you're at the first rung of the ladder, um, enjoy that bit and don't rush ahead too much because I've done the same, worked in the same industry for 22 years. But now in the last sort of three years, I've had a bit of a change up and I'm focusing my energies elsewhere and putting it a lot more into well-being and mental health and my writing and I feel like I'm at the first rung again. I'm starting all over again and I'm not daunted. And I know I'm very lucky that I've already had um, some very wonderful moments but uh, career-wise, but I am very much at the start again and I'm not racing to whatever that end goal might be. I'm just going, this is cool, there is another challenge, how am I going to tackle it and not get too ahead of myself and... Mm. And also because you know you're never you won't feel any different at the end of it. You're not going to be a better person, happier, more complete. You're just going to have had more experiences. So don't focus on that end bit. Just work hard. Don't be a dick. It's an important <laughs> one. Yep. Be nice to people. Yeah. Like be nice to everyone that yep. you're working with. It doesn't mean you're a walkover. You know, you can still have a vehement opinion and you can mm. say no, but be nice. Um and know that it's it is going to take work that there's yeah. no other way around it there's just not yeah I love that and I love the whole you know not just focusing on the end because I think for there's for a lot of people just focusing on the end you don't actually enjoy the process no. because you're just like I'm not there yet I'm not yet I'm not there yet yeah but also when you focus on the end too much sometimes that's so overwhelming because it mm. can seem like such you know the goal is so far away from where yeah. you are now that you just kind of can't imagine the steps to getting there no and so. then you and then you cut corners and that's there's that's no use to you because you have to go through every stage of whatever career you're in and experience the good bits and the bad bits to Mm. then end up feeling educated and knowledgeable in that field of work whatever it might be Mm. yeah no shortcuts I love it take notes Mm. guys so as I mentioned at the beginning um BBC Radio 1 Live Lounge oh my goodness I absolutely loved it that must have been so much fun 
It was amazing. It was an extraordinary experience. It was terrifying at first because I took over from the amazing Joe Wiley, who I called Queen Joe to her face. <laughs> and it was really scary. Um, but it was just the most exceptional experience. You know, I got to interview every band, artist, um, dance act, DJ that I could have dreamed of, you know, yeah. just everyone. Every and week. It was someone, every week. Yeah. And sometimes every day, because we would do a month in September where we have someone every day. And, you know, it was, I never became sort of nonchalant about it. I was constantly sort of in awe of the fact that I had that access. And not only to interview them, but to sit, you know, two feet away from Coldplay, just tinkering on the piano, you know, Chris Martin on the piano and singing beautifully or Dave Grohl on the next chair playing a song acoustic. You know, I ne that never, ever became normal. And and I've got some amazing memories from that extraordinary time and the bizarre situations I ended up in. Um, and it was a tough decision to let it go, but I'm all about chapters and mm -hmm. starting again and testing yourself and not becoming complacent and... Um, and like just trying new stuff so I keep learning really so I knew that it was time and now Clara's doing the most magnificent job there yeah. so it's lovely to kind of hand that over to another you know brilliant female broadcaster yeah yeah it is an amazing show so many epic performances as you yeah. said obviously they then bought the album out I personally loved Lamar's cover of The Darkness remember that I believe oh my god Lamar. that's such how, a random one that I had forgotten about how, that version is just sick he's I'm got like, such a good voice if you don't know that version guys check it out and, and he's got bright green eyes and I couldn't <laughs> stop every time I've interviewed him I'm like I can't deal with these eyes yeah, they're yeah. exceptional eyes yeah. oh. and also another one I loved was Ella Eyre's cover of Sia Elastic Heart that was yes. up there for me amazing god um, you've got a great memory of these I don't remember any of them well I was just about to say do you have a favourite <laughs> all time live um, lounge performance yes I think I've probably got a few um, I remember oh god oh this one moment was just really out-of-body experience. So we were at Maida Vale. If we had like a big live lounge where it was either a US artist who wanted a specific sound or um, it, it needed more of a sort of technical engineering sort of look at what they were doing, we would go to Maida Vale. And one of those occasions we had Eminem in the live lounge, which again, it was just so surreal. And I turned up and, and he wasn't there. There was about five man mountains these men that were like eight foot tall and six foot wide and instantly I was terrified like I don't want to do this I think I'm just going to go home again this is too much for me to deal with um, uh, you know a, an artist or a man that needs six mountains at all times with him seems too much for me to handle <laughs> so I was really terrified but um, and he came in did a rehearsal whilst we were playing songs out on air and he swore the whole way through it and I was like this is going to be an absolute disaster because I'm going to have to jump in when he's singing and say so apologise guys I'm so sorry about that but oh, no. I didn't want to do that so then we had a quick chat and he was very sweet and then did the performance and edited out every single swear word, cuss, whatever, so beautifully. Like it was just so skilled. What and he did. So yeah, he so he just kind of edited out every single word, cuss that would have been there. It was so beautiful to watch and his energy was like, 
oh my God, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. His energy just lit up the room and it was such a powerful experience because there was no audience. It was mm. me and a producer and then these six mountain men people. And 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 him stood there just emitting this energy. Wow. Um, and then after the performance, he like really relaxed and we had a really nice interview and a really nice chat. And it was one of those sort of exceptional pinch me moments where I think I am so lucky that I got to stand two feet watching him just channel that, that energy. Um, that was really really amazing and every time Coldplay came in every time Dave Grohl came in um, I remember Laura Mavula doing this beautiful piano performance of Coldplay Yellow and and I just cried my eyes out and I was like don't even care and Adele Adele um, came in and did this whole live lounge special five songs back to back and that voice that close is is just overwhelming you know beautiful so yeah it was kind of a magical experience whenever we had that live face-to-face moment yeah that that all of that is just absolute madness mm. and as i said at the beginning you're like the coolest mom ever can you imagine telling your kids this you know my hanging out with eminem just don't, i mean <laughs> even my stepkids i've got stepkids who are 13 and 17 and they just think me and my husband are just tragic you know they're constantly <laughs> taking the mickey out of us um we're not cool in the slightest and i will try and impress them again like you know you know i you know if they're listening to eminem I just, I'm, i interviewed him before and they're like Great. Good for you. Like, it's just not... Just wait. They, they will. They're, wait at you. the moment, all of them, I think, just think we're embarrassing. And but that's, that's a teenager's job, right? I think so. And yeah. even my three-year-old, just like, please stop dancing, Mum. Okay. okay? Yeah, just you wait. They're going to realise how I cool you so. are. <laughs> and then moving on from your career in radio, you also have a huge audience on social media. On Instagram and Twitter combined, it's almost 10 million people. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, And you've been incredibly open and honest uh, when talking about your own challenges with mental health over the last few years and your recent podcast episode with Bryony Gordon was just amazing. Thank you. So why do you think it is important that we share these conversations? I think it is massively, you know, I have this bizarre platform um, because I've been in the public eye for a long time Um, and what's the point of it unless you're going to use it for some good, you know, how many times can I post a picture of a nice jacket that I've bought and and what impact does that have? I mean, not very much, apart from, and of course, a very sort of narcissistic way of me going, oh, people like my new jacket. But why not use that to do something that has a positive impact? And, um, you know, I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary or, or doing anything above and beyond. I just think it's a much... Um, nicer way of doing things to be authentic and to talk about things in a real way and I didn't have the opportunity really before social media or certainly before I started writing books to talk about anything that was really going on in my life I just sort of kept it very two-dimensional and this is who I am on the tv this is who I am on the radio and that's all you're really getting Mm. and then I I kind of you know took a little bit of courage I guess to go actually I'm just going to talk about what I'm really going through and see what the reaction is and I was terrified to do so especially before my first book Happy came out Um, but then I've seen that the reaction's been one of connection rather than you know alienation or all the other things that I feared so um, I'm very sort of lucky in the fact that I've I've sort of told bits of my story in a very true and authentic way and and that's, um, you know, now ended up resulted in other people wanting to share their stories with me and and creating a sort of 
community of mm. sorts, I guess. Definitely, it, it definitely has. And mm. I think it's amazing that you do use your platform and that you've you know, opened up these conversations. And as you said, with your books and with your podcast, I don't think, Fern, that you actually will ever realise the impact mm. of how many people that's truly helped. Yeah, I, I don't like to think about anything too specific because you know I'm not the sort of person that's going to believe any hype at all if anything my default setting is oh my god everyone thinks I'm a knob you know that person hates me I shouldn't have said that you know my constant default is to berate myself rather than to go you know well done me and I'm sort of working on that now and I certainly want to get that nailed by 40 so about two years to really focus on that one Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I guess I can see some of the impact that I'm making, but um, really I think someone can read one of my books and that might have a positive um, impact on them and they might decide to make small changes or whatever, but they're the ones who are doing the work. If Mm. they've decided to, um, you know, listen to someone else's story, whether it be mine or anyone's, and then apply it to their own life and see how they can make that change, they're they're doing the hard work bit. So I kind of think that I'm lucky I get to kind of discuss these things and it might spark something in someone. But mm. I think wholeheartedly the um, accountability comes from the people that are actually directly making those positive changes um, and good for them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's true. But also this self-deprecating thing, Fern, that you're talking about, <laughs> like you said, by 40, I feel like, honestly, I'm going to introduce you to some of these women who are online who are basically just... I feel like it's the opposite of that. It's literally mm. like you've got to love yourself. You've got to. I'm so trying. Yeah, and also you you've got to kind of celebrate, you know, your own achievements, your own excesses. And I think women, especially, we've kind of been taught that you know we mustn't do that. We must kind yeah. of you know downplay everything, and you can never be you know confident. It's, it's very British thing. thing as very well. British. I think in America, everyone's like, "Yeah, man, you are great. I want to be like you." Whereas over here, someone's doing well, and everyone else goes, "Oh, good for you. Mm. Let's knock you down." And yeah. I think it's a very weird cultural. Um, you know, bizarre mindset that we've been in for a long, long time. And like you say, there are lots of mavericks out there wanting to change that language and how we talk about ourselves. And it's very, very important. Mm. It's difficult to do for sure. But I do Mm. think that, you know, even just reading out your intro and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to live up to that. You you know, you did all of those things. This is you. And it is hard for us sometimes to hear things about ourselves and go, yeah. It is. And also, I I think because I've been in the public eye a very long time, you know, you hear a lot of things about yourself you don't want to hear. And you get told a lot of things that aren't factually true or assumptions that are made. And when you are feeling more vulnerable Mm. or not great, you will take that on board and part of you can start to believe it. And that's the dangerous bit. You have to go, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter that whoever thinks I'm this or that or has made such an assumption that I know isn't true. I have to go with what I know is is correct for me and and what feels right. And, um, And I think... I have been battered by that to some extent. I think most people in the public eye feel that way, unless that, you know, I am a sensitive person. Right. And I don't think that helps or is conducive to what I like doing in the public mm-hmm. eye because you've got to be as hard as nails. And yeah. some people are, and that's, you know, what a skill to be able to put that armour on. I don't have that. I am, you know, really sensitive to everything and I take things on board, which I think is good in a way because it allows me to channel it into my writing and podcast. But I know that what I need to work on is that self-acceptance, self-love. Um, and I'm only really understanding the true importance of that now, I think. Mm. 
Wow, that's amazing. Good mm, for you. Because mm. you're amazing. Everybody loves fern. Everybody. Oh God, that's very lovely of you. I'm <laughs> so, trying not to say something self-deprecating after that and just go, thank you. Thank you. Take it. <laughs> so also in the episode with Bryony, and as I said, I loved that episode for so many reasons. Um, I'm a runner and you guys talked a lot about running and about exercise. Um, and so, yeah, I totally get it. I know that you run a bit sometimes too. Yes. But you also use the Fit app at home. Yes, I do. Talk to me. Yes, I do. <laughs> It's been a bit of a game changer. Um, I first started talking to the guys that created the app and I was really intrigued because I'd never used any online fitness anything. You know, I went to the gym occasionally. I liked going to yoga classes, did a bit of yoga on my own at home because I've done it for a long time and I'd go running quite a lot. Um, And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm up for giving it a go. I haven't really ever done workout classes or anything like that. And me and my husband have become quite obsessed. My husband, acutely obsessed with Richie Norton. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit like there's three people in this marriage now, and I'm not okay with it. Um, it's, you know, oh, babe, do you want to have a cup of tea? No, just me and Richie, are, we're, I'm going to be in the front room doing a Richie thing. My husband he's also obsessed. does it. So there's lots of Richie man crushes going on. Completely, yeah. because I think he's doing a really wonderful sort of yoga flow that is really great for guys. And I think some blokes are a bit put off by yoga because it seems like it's going to be too feminine. Or I don't know what sort of idea they have around it, but but Richie's really tapped into that husband zone. And Jesse is obsessed. He's loving it. He's loving it. Um, I'm really trying to mix up. I do a lot of yours. When I'm feeling... If I wake up and I'm like, I'm feeling pretty damn good today, I will go... One of your classes, 40 minutes advance. Yes, Fern. Yes, oh I will. God, if anyone listening to you doesn't know what we're oh, talking so about. so hard. Honestly, if, anyone, if you're listening to this thinking, what are they talking about? Basically, the Fit app is an app that you download on your phone. Yeah. And there's all different types of classes on there. There is cardio, strength, yoga, pilates, 25 or 40 minutes. And I'm one of the trainers on the app and Richie Norton. That Fern You go mentioned. hardcore, though. You I mean... don't piss around. You are like, <laughs> you, by the end of this, will not be able to walk. No, that's because you go. picked advance. That, guys, that is also I'm an extremist. Yeah, but there's Beginner ones on there. Don't let Fern put you. I've never up. done it. Never done that <laughs> one. I went straight it. into advance. Yes. Well, I mean, you. How many times? I like times? a challenge. You've done it a few times. Do you want me to check? Oh my gosh! Here we go. But honestly, there are there Come are on, easier in. classes too, so don't be put off. But Fern just likes to do the advanced one. This is but why I like Fern... the app because I can browse my history and then I can be not at all self-deprecating. So, my fit. Um, in total, in the last, I'd say four months, three months. 82 classes. Wowzers. 38 cardio, one strength. <laughs> Didn't like it. Uh, 40, 43 rebalance. There I don't know go. how many of those are yours, but there's a that's, bloody lot of yours in there. That's very balanced. The, the rebalance tons. with the cardio, that's great. Yeah, that suits me. And mixing it up still with a bit of running. I do like to go for a little, I had a little run yesterday. Really nice. Came back, had a little stretch. And then, you know, I didn't do anything today because I had to get up early. But tomorrow I might do one of yours. I might do a Cat Methan, a little yoga class. Just having, and also because I'm really busy with my children, mm. I don't have time to go, oh, let me look on a local yoga timetable and see when I can get to a class. Yeah. I, I don't have that time. So to be able to roll out a yoga mat, do a class there and then on my TV, mm. Oh my God, that has been a game changer for Amazing. me. I love seeing your stories afterwards when you post. Dripping after. with sweat, looking <laughs> rank. With your hair in the top knot. Hair in the top it. knot, sweating in red. And we mentioned a little bit about motherhood. So I do want to talk to you about that because you're a mother of two children. Yeah. I'm a mother myself. I've got one son. And actually, you are the first mother to be a guest on the Power Hour. 
Oh, yeah. that's nice. I had a few people recently saying, um, are you going to, it's all because the power hour we're going to talk about, but it's all about the first hour of the day because I'm yeah. an early bird as well and I get up early. And yeah, often people who aren't keen on this getting up early vibe are like, well, it's all right for, you know, this person and that person. And because Richie's been on the show as well and he talks about his morning thing, you know, he lights a candle, all of this. And people are like, well, all right for him. He hasn't got kids. Yeah. And one person said, I, you know, you need to get a parent on the show. And I was Here like, I am. hello, I'm a mum yeah, too. Yeah, you are, exactly. But, but you're a mum of two. So yes. we should definitely talk about that. So how has, well, I guess how do you manage your career, mm. motherhood, as you mm. said, having some time, some time for yourself? Mm. It's tricky. Um... And also because I like my job. So sometimes I have to say to myself... because I like my kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like my kids. Um, I love my kids and I really like my job. Yeah. So I have to tell myself to stop and to have time to myself. Um, but it is hectic. So I've got stepchildren too. So we often have four kids in the house. And then, it, you know, logistically, it's ridiculous. I'm loading the dishwasher... I'm not exaggerating saying this, seven, eight times a day at the weekends. I'm washing so many sporting outfits. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Again, five loads of washing on a Saturday sometimes. It's yeah. ridiculous. Um, so logistically, it's hardcore, but I'm really lucky. My husband is an amazing father. Um, and also he has a weird job. He's a musician. So sometimes he's away for ages and other times he's home for ages. So we either miss him or get sick of him. So <laughs> it's kind of a very, you know, bizarre mix. But we just keep talking always, you know. Are you okay doing the school one today? Do you want me to do it? You know, we kind of just flip-flop everything and share everything. Um, and we somehow stumble through it blindly and also just go day at a time. So we will plan ahead with diaries, but actually, as in getting stressed about things, we just try and go, right, today is today, and then let's deal with tomorrow when we wake up and mm. get on with it, because it can be quite overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And aside from your career, how how do you think the motherhood has impacted you? Um in lots of ways, good and bad, I would say, if I'm really honest. I think more positive for sure. Um, my priorities have completely, completely flipped on their heads in the best possible way. And I see work now as um, something that I'm very lucky to have and that I really enjoy when I'm there. And I'm much more focused because I know I want to get home uh, quickly, you know, yeah. as soon as I can. Um, and then when I'm at home, I am such a homebody these days. I don't like going anywhere. I love being at home with my kids, cooking, mm. baking, drawing, simple, simple pleasures. So it's really enhanced that side of me. And I think negative impact has just been sort of general anxiety, which I think a lot of parents out there, working or not, will feel because you love these little guys so much and you can't switch off the worry button very easily and I think that is omnipresent and you have to learn to deal with that and to mitigate it in some way so you don't completely stress yourself out mm. but I do think it's hard um, and you know I know a lot of other mums that deal with really intense anxiety and worry about things and that is just, I think, part of the package, really. I'm, I'm nodding along because I feel that too. And actually, yeah, I think, I think before I became a mum, I was a lot more kind of, I don't know. I think I'm quite a thick-skinned and resilient person. I'm not, I'm not such a sensitive person. However, my son is, mm. and so I think seeing the world, like navigating it through his eyes over the last few years, and knowing that he is sensitive, it's kind of, yeah, I've learned a lot. And I feel sometimes like you just want to 
you can't change the world or protect, you know, can't protect them from the world. They have mm. to go and experience things and figure things out for themselves. And you can't always, you know, be there to make it how, you know. Completely. And they have to learn and, and they have to go through tough times yeah. and you have to let go. And it's excruciating. But um, but. As I said, I think all the beautiful positives far outweigh yeah. the negatives. It's just about getting that balance, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I'm going to talk to you about the Power Hour because this is the Power Hour show. So as I mentioned a little bit, I um, get up early in the morning and I call it my Power Hour because the first hour of my day is when I believe is just the most powerful. If I start the day right and if yeah. I nail the hour, then I know I'm going to feel good for the rest of the day. And also because I'm so easily distracted, that's the one hour of the day when there's the least distractions yeah. because no one's you know sending me an email or WhatsApping me. Jude's still asleep sometimes as well. Wow. I know. I Who know, is this kid? Well, I was going to say because your kids get up early, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They? yeah, yeah, they do. See, I get up before Jude. What? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, can't I do even get up, imagine that experience. I do get up about half five though, and he wakes up what? at about half six. Why? To get my stuff done. Like honestly, God, I need to be more like you. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, for me, that works, and I have figured that out over. Wow. What time do you go to bed? I do go to bed early. I'm a granny. Go on. What time? Nine thirty. Yes, yeah, so do I. <laughs> But that's honestly, not. A, that's like that's a reasonably good time to go to bed. I would say. Yeah. I can't go to bed later than that. I've got to go out tonight to a work thing, and I'm already thinking, how the hell am I staying awake until potentially eleven o'clock? <laughs> yeah, I've heard you say that. You're like, oh no, my time God. to leave. Pumpkin. I've got to go. I'm gonna have to sneak out, ninja vanish, big time. Yeah, I saw. A, a, I think it was a tweet the other day saying I used to like sneak out my house to go to parties, and now I sneak out of parties to yeah, go to my house. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I don't even go to parties, quite frankly. But yeah, go to bed early so I can get up early Good. and I do all this stuff. And yeah, I've been asking people like what their morning routine is, what time they get up. So I'd love to know, uh, yeah, what the first hour of your day includes. So we're having a fluky situation at the moment. I'm sort of almost tempting fate by saying this and having it recorded for a podcast, that my kids for the last month have woken up at 10 to 7 every day, which is the greatest lie-in yes. I've had in six years. Yeah. And we just, each morning when one of the kids comes in and sort of taps us on the arm, we look at each other and go, oh, you, know, you come out of that coma. And then <laughs> I go, oh God, where's my phone? Look at the time and go, Jess. And, and we literally Win. can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah. And we sort of skip out of bed. Before that, for the last six years, it, it's just been a free-for-all. It could be five. It could be half six on a good day. It could be ten to six, which you go, oh, it's only ten to six. Anything past six is okay. I'll deal with that. It could be quarter past six. It could be anything. Yeah. So it was always early. Yeah. Whereas we've had so much sleep recently that I started to say the other day, I said, do you think we're getting too much sleep? He's like, shut up, just enjoy <laughs> just it. Take it. Yeah. So yeah, the last month, getting up at about 10 to 7, perfect. Yeah. And it's always pretty similar on a weekday, obviously, because Rex goes to school and Honey goes to nursery in the afternoons. So she's just sort of chilling. The first thing I do before anything is, before even I fed the cats, before anything, before I've spoken, 
I have to make a coffee. Okay. Nothing is happening until that coffee is in my hand. You see, I'm caffeine free. This is so weird for me. Who are you? No, but let me tell you something. This is what people think. They think that the coffee is like, because I'm caffeine free, that's, I think it's something to do with your sleep and your kind of the the level that you sleep. I'm not going to quote this right. but This is why you look 12. (laughs) This is why... You look like a 12-year-old. Thanks, I'll take that. Even in my head, I'm going, how old is she? How can she have a child who's seven? She's 15. No, I'm 31. 31, yeah. No, you're not. (laughs) So she's lying. We're going to check some facts on Google later. Yeah, I'm 31. And basically, the caffeine-free thing is honestly a secret weapon because then, even though I'm going to bed at half nine, it's like a deeper sleep. Whereas apparently, if you've got caffeine in your blood, it's like a lighter sleep. Well, I only allow myself one at seven. I don't have any more in the day because I have such bad insomnia. Not all the time, but if I'm anxious, I literally don't sleep. I just lay awake all night. So if I have a second, I'm ruined. It's game over. I used to drink loads. I used to drink loads, smoke fags, drink booze. I did everything. I didn't care. Um, now it's one coffee a day. Yeah. I don't drink. Yeah. I'm the most boring human that ever existed. And that suits me. I think I'm me. beating you at that. Okay, you might be beating me <laughs> at that. At but that. it's working because you're 15, so it's fine. <laughs> so, so I get up, have that coffee, and then everything's right with the world. And I chug loads of water. I drink so much water when I wake up. Because if I don't have loads of time in the day to keep drinking, I know I've had like probably a litre in the morning. I chug it. And just to like flush my system out and feel really good to the start of the day. Then it's a sort of a systematic who gets fed first situation. So usually the cats, because they're annoying me and cat food down. Then kids breakfast. Honey's really leisurely. She's like sort of princess margaret she'll have like a little bit of breakfast and then half an hour later or a little bit more and then half an hour later a little croissant whereas rex wants a big breakfast right there and then so it's feeding him then if my stepkids are there we have to sort of beg arthur the 17 year old to get out of bed lure him down the stairs with pancakes something like that and my stepdaughter so lots of cooking lots of chaos busy yeah Rex usually has to sort of do a sort of spelling revision thing in the morning because he has no focus after school at night. So we're also trying to beg him to do that and trying begging him to put his school uniform on. There's lots of bribery for that hour. Um, so it is chaos, but I really like it. Mm. I don't sort of butt my head against it. I really quite enjoy all of that chaos and yeah. what comes with it. And because I've got a coffee in my hand, I'm really happy. I'm just sort of grateful that that's mm. being drunk. Yeah. Um, And there's kids' telly on and it's just noise and chaos. And that is right up till eight when we leave to go to school. So sometimes if they've woken up at six, half six, like yesterday they woke up early, which I don't mind if it's post six, um, I'll have my coffee. Mm. And then if Jessie's around, I'll say, right, you do all of that chaos bit. I'm going to go and do a fit or I'm going to go for a run. So by sort of quarter to seven, quarter past seven, I've done my exercise for the day and it's over. And I prefer to do it then. I don't like doing it later in the day. I like to do it really early. So quite a lot of the time, he he luckily doesn't. He likes to do it later so we can tag team. So if I get mine in really early, I am so happy. And I try and exercise minimum five times a week. And it hasn't got to be anything crazy. It could be half an hour of yoga. It could be a really fast walk. It could be a quick jog. 
but I like to keep active because it makes me feel great. Yeah, yeah, that's really impressive. And I think, you know, a lot of what you're saying there for a lot of parents, they're kind of thinking, oh my gosh, yes, me too. You know, it is chaos in the morning. And chaos. It can be kind of, and, you know, it, I love what you said then about, um, you know, doing some work with Rex in the morning because I do that with Jude. When he comes yeah. home from school, they're he's tired, so tired. And he's, you know, it's like pulling teeth trying to get him to do, you know, they spelling. They can't do and stuff. it. So we do it in the morning as well. It's and, the best. Yeah, and people have said to me, they're like, what? He does it in the morning. And I think they perhaps think that, yeah, I'm like getting him out of bed and making him sit his dead. And it's like, yeah, like, well, they're no, eating the breakfast. Yeah. I think their brains are in gear and they're kind mm. of waking up to the day and it's a good time for that information to stay. Whereas at night, he is so tired from school. He's tiny, he's only six, do you know what I mean? So that works better for us for sure. But there's definitely no lighting candles and, you know oming around like Richie Norton. There's <laughs> none of that. His power is long. He was telling us about his special tea and he's like... Oh, yeah, of course like... he's got a special tea. <laughs> Richie Brew. Not instant it. coffee like me. No, but I love that, that it is chaos. And as, and as you said, just having your coffee and being happy and knowing Ooh. actually it's the small things sometimes that we can like... You know, I love um, almond butter. I'm like obsessed with it. Yum. And so for me, literally, when I put my almond butter on my porridge in the morning, that for me is like one of the joys of my day. I'm just yeah. like, I love, love this it. moment because I'm sitting, eating my porridge. Yeah, heaven. So, it's simple thing simple pleasures and each week I ask the guests to give our listeners like a power hour challenge so it's something that they can try out at home something they can do this week if they have one hour to dedicate to Mm. kind of feeling better it can be to you know improve their lives improve themselves anything really so do you have something we could try yes I would say my go-to thing and this is very specifically if I'm really tired if I've had a bad night of insomnia if the kids have woken me up at five or if I've done an extortionally sort of you know ridiculously long day um and I feel exhausted and I might have to do something later on that day still if I've got an hour me and my husband are massively into doing uh, online meditations I'm not very good at just sitting there and try and sort of like block out all the chaos in my head but there's one specific sort of technique and you can find these on YouTube or anywhere um, called Yoga Nidra N-I-D-R-A and they're they're really good for sort of just zoning out and you can I usually fall asleep for about 20 minutes but you feel like you've had a whole night's sleep and it basically sort of goes around your whole body shutting off bits of it you know concentrating on each fingertip each joint in your body and then you kind of just start to really zone out and black out and but then wake up feeling quite revived so if we're really tired that for me and my husband and if the kids are at school nursery that is our go-to thing to do Mm. love it Amazing. Check it out, guys. Give it a try. Mm. I think I have done that once before, but it was at an event. Nice. I felt, well, I felt really embarrassed because I think, as you were just describing, it was like, relax, you know, think about the toes, think about the feet, and mm. the next minute I'm snoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Out for the count. <laughs> in an event. Brilliant. she kind of banged like a gong, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm back in the It's room. like lack of caffeine. You're out like a switch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, probably, it was probably getting close to my bedtime. Exactly. Probably 5, probably 5 p.m. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so before I ask you, I can't believe it's coming to the end, but before I ask you my closing question, um, I was going to say, where can people find you online? But let's be honest, 10 million, I doubt there's anyone listening to this show who doesn't <laughs> follow you online. Well, they might not. If not, you know, if you already follow me, go and buy my books. Yeah, Because I've got three, well, I've got cookbooks and little kids' book, Yoga Babies and Hungry Babies, but um, my sort of big passion for the last few years have been happy, calm and quiet. And mm. I've sort of poured all my energy into those books. Um, and it's they're sort of an extension of the podcast and the subject matter that we're sort of talking about there. Um, and I've had 
very kind feedback from those books I really appreciate. So if you haven't bought them as yet, uh, Happy is about depression, Calm is about anxiety and Quiet is about trying to mitigate all of that noise in our heads, the negative voices and the bad things we call ourselves. Mm, Amazing. Check it out, guys. Thank you so much. So my closing question, which I ask to every single guest who comes onto the show, I really do believe that time is the most valuable thing we all have, hence the Power Hour. We can get our money back, but we can never get our time back. So, Fern, what is the most valuable thing that time has taught you? Um... I think this goes back to having kids and I think it's about being in the moment because you watch them just in the moment, whether it be having an almighty tantrum or just joyfully like laughing about kicking leaves in a park or the snow's out, let's go and run in the garden, it's snowing. You know, being spontaneous and and living in those moments and almost eradicating what time means, I think, is is a joy and a a thing you have to kind of practice a bit of a discipline perhaps to go I'm not worrying about what's coming next or if I'm late or early or whatever I'm just experiencing those feelings in the moment and and my kids have have completely taught me that Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm still sort of getting on board with it but it's beautiful to watch them do it exceptionally well. Yeah, that's so true. I think all kids are like masters of, as they you said, are. being present. They have no concept of time. None. Five minutes to a child means nothing. Yeah. So when you say, get your shoes on in five minutes, literally, you're They're just not pl- on. playing shoes Lego on. With, yeah. just, with one sock on. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I think, yeah, we all need to be a little bit more like that and just kind of, yeah, just, although I'm kind of, as I said, like, I really, really do value this thing of time, which is why I'm so, so grateful, Fern, that you came here to give oh, us an pleasure. hour of time. Pleasure. So thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, if you enjoying the show then please share it uh, share it with a friend or share it online and don't forget you can rate and review it on itunes have a fantastic week get inspired get busy get up early see ya thanks man thank you hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hold up. 